Welcome to another edition of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, as always, is Sam Matoro. We're here for our second ever episode. We're giving it to you a little early, too, as this is dropping on Saturday, August 6th. Sam, aren't you just so excited for that? Definitely. I've been waiting all week, actually, for this. That's the thing. So we dropped uh, episode one. We had a lot of positive feedback on that. Um... And we just couldn't wait to get episode two started. We were so excited, like I said, to bring you the best content every single week. We decided that this week, get a little special treat, bring it to you a day early as opposed to Sunday. We're going to do Saturday for you. And man, do we have a jam-packed episode today. Yes, sir, that we do. We're going to be reviewing The Killing Joke, I hope. And of course, The Suicide Squad. Yeah, but before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, how was your week? Uh, Besides working my life away, I can't complain. (laughs) Yeah, um... Did you play anything different, watch anything different, listen to anything at all? I just wanted to rewatch The Killing Joke. Just At least for me, the second time viewing is always the best. Yeah. Sam and I uh, saw Suicide Squad the night it came out in theaters earlier this week on a Thursday night. Um, Sam, you went back and saw it again? On Friday, that is correct. <laughs> so Sam's a junkie. We know that. But he went back and saw Suicide Squad a second time. So you're going to get a really in-depth breakdown. But, but please remember, both the reviews that we're going to be doing for this week are going to be spoiler-free. We don't want to bring you anything that's going to be major plot point spoilers. Now, again, we're probably going to have to talk, you know, to an extent, pretty in-depth without giving anything away, but we won't give any away major plot points or anything like that. We'll try to keep it as spoiler-free as possible. If we need to deliver a big spoiler, which I don't think we will, we will give you a warning beforehand, and then next week we'll dive into a greater spoiler review for both of those things, The Killing Joke and um, Suicide Squad. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about something. Um, I... This is off the cuff, but I reworked our website recently. It's www.wepodcastandweknowthings.com. So I was reworking it. As a matter of fact, it was Friday morning at 4 a.m. when I woke up. I just felt like going on there, I needed a lot to be done to it. I haven't gotten all the way through. I'm about 95% done what I wanted to do. But, man, the hardest thing in the world is choosing a friggin' font. I can't decide, and I'll tell you why. I've realized the two stupidest named things, like things that are named on this planet. Number one, horses, and I get it. Competitive horse racing, you you name it, whatever you want. But there are some weird-ass horse names out there. But the other thing that is stupidly named are fonts. I understand what a serif is. I understand what sans is, so I get that part. But, like, the frickin' names for fonts out there. Are so stupid. Times New Roman. That's like the go-to, but it's the dumbest. Like, what does that even mean? What? uh, So I get it. Uh, It's it's just for me. Fonts are the dumbest freaking thing there ever was to name, and I I just can't wrap my head around it. Glad you got that out, buddy. Yeah. So uh, for me this week, I got through the first three Uncharted games on the Uncharted collection for PS4, um, and I had played the original Uncharted a lot of it. on PS3, so I was an Xbox guy the last 10 years, but uh, during college I had like a six-month time frame where I was just like, I just want to play PlayStation games. So I got rid of my 360, traded it in, got a PS3, um, got Uncharted 1 and 2. 3 was not out at the time, so I got both those games, got God of War 3 as well. I really enjoyed the first Uncharted, but I got stuck, and I didn't. I just never went back and beat it. The Uncharted games, were they remastered? Yeah, they're remastered on PS4, uh, the Nathan Drake collection. And when I got my PS4 back in May, my fiance was kind enough to get me all four Uncharted games because the Uncharted 4 uh, Thief's End, that dropped in March, I believe. So um, she got me all four Uncharted games. I can finally go back. I can finally play them because, again, uh, 
with that PS3 that I had in college, after six months, I traded it back in and re-got a 360 uh, again. Tiss, tiss, tiss. I couldn't stay away. So uh, I finally got through all the Uncharted games in, in terms of the first, uh, the original trilogy, the first three. Fantastic experiences. All of them have unique things. I would say Uncharted 2 was my favorite. But I'm about a third of the way through Uncharted 4 now, and I know I'm a couple months behind. But this game is the most gorgeous game I have ever played. And the problem with it, if anybody out there has ever played an Uncharted game, you know. Climb and shoot, climb and shoot, stealth, punch, climb, shoot. And the problem with Uncharted 4, in a lot of people's opinion, is the fact that there's a lot more climbing and a lot less shooting. I will tell you now that that does not bother me. The reason I like it is because when I play an Uncharted game, I think of it like a Tomb Raider game, like I think a lot of people do. However, I don't look at it as something where I need to run and gun. I want to enjoy the atmosphere. I want to enjoy the environments. I want to enjoy the story. So I don't need to shoot everything. I'm good with just climbing around, looking at the environments, hanging out with my brother Sam. I'm great with that. So to me, this is so far, I'm on Chapter 8. It's been a perfect experience. I'll be honest with you. I've never played any of the Uncharted games. But I've seen the trailers. Obviously, they, they look great. I understand why people play them. Me, personally, I'm a God of War, Devil May Cry guy. So I just, you know, I'll just listen to you, you know, go, and I'm interested. So uh, before we will get into the movie stuff, I want to bring it up then since, <clears throat> excuse me, since you said God of War, <clears throat> gosh, damn. Um, I remember in when E3 was around in June, uh, PlayStation unveiled the rebirth of God of War. And I, I was home. It was 9 o'clock at night on a Monday. I was like... I have to watch the Sony press conference, so I'm watching it. I'm texting you all the Sony stuff that happened. Of course. The Crash Bandicoot remakes, um, and, and but most especially God of War. And I remember sending you, like, pictures that I took from my screen on my, uh, on my computer. You're a God of War guy. You've played and beat the original three. Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts on the new kind of rebirth of God of War? First, my thoughts, is this a prequel or is this after the three? It's after three. So Kratos has gotten older, has a son, um, and this has gotten away from Greek mythology and now is on to Norse mythology. I mean, I'm, I'm interested. It's Obviously, I'm going to have to buy it. You know, that's beside the point, but... I don't think it comes out for another year at least, correct? Yeah, it's next year, 2017 release. But what the difference is, if you've ever played an original God of War game, it's really kind of not necessarily over the shoulder, think Resident Evil 4. You're looking at more of a top-down, kind of top-down perspective, beat-em-up, like kind of a hack-and-slash puzzle game um, where you are getting puzzles, but the majority of it is hack-and-slash where you're climbing up, climbing up giant um greek gods and just battling all these greek gods and and eventually to get to zeus and it's really gory really violent really sexual and they've changed it completely they've basically taken the original story understood that it's happened revamping it from like an over-the-shoulder third-person perspective kratos is much older has a nice full beard has a kid and they go and they do their thing but from a more i can't get the comparison out of my head from like a resident evil 4 over-the-shoulder third-person perspective and that's something that i am now gravitating towards and that's what's buying me and is this new perspective i don't have to just go and hack and slash i feel like they're going to finally bring a depth and a story to the character of kratos that we've never seen before I just hope they still have, like, the puzzles just, like, from the first three makes you think a little bit rather than, you know, a lot of people I know rely on the strategy guys. Yeah, and 
with online this you know with the internet the way it is and you know I understand we're an internet based show but with the internet age the way it is you can go online you can go on YouTube look up any puzzle in any game it's gonna be there any online strategy guide or wiki um, so I'm not I'm not a big fan of doing that I'd like to figure things out on my own yeah there's always the walkthroughs they have too yeah there's walkthroughs but this is this is something I'm interested in. It's the first time I can ever say I'm really excited for a God of War game, so I actually just repurchased the God of War 3 Remastered Collection. I beat it on PS3, but I'm going to play it remastered on PS4 just so I can get back in my mindset of Kratos again. Smart man. I tell you this. I haven't played my Xbox One. Well, I have an Xbox One, a Wii U, a 3DS, a PS4, a PS2, a N64. I, I should have a Super NES. Uh, if you're listening out there, you know who you are. Um <laughs> But out of all that, (laughs) since I got my PS4 in May, I haven't played anything else. I played my Xbox One one time, and it was to play a game called Rocket League. Um, Unbelievable game, but I have it on PS4 and Xbox One because I'm stupid, and I bought it on both consoles. Again, the person I bought it to hang out and play with on Xbox One, you know who you are. But speaking of Rocket League, Rocket League is a great game, by the way. Number one... I've never bought Xbox. I'm a loyal PlayStation listener. We'll always listen to PlayStation, or always play PlayStation, excuse me, and of course, N64. Twisted Metal, soccer, basketball, and hockey. That's how you combine Rocket League. It's amazing. It's physics-based. It's car combat, but soccer, and you can have, there's a basketball mode and a hockey mode. There's all, oh my god. The competitive juices are flowing. It's it's become popular in the esports scene. It's taken the world by storm, and it's not even a new release anymore. This game is kept sustainability it was an indie title that was introduced as a playstation uh, exclusive first but was free so they gave it out as a ps plus uh, free game and that's how it gained its popularity i got it for 15 bucks on playstation and like 16 or 18 bucks or something like that on xbox one uh and i'll tell you right now i'm happy with the purchases i play on the computer also there you go and that's that's a huge market for for that game as well as pc so um we've seen too many kind of of the same game so be able to switch it up to something like rocket league is really exciting for me yeah definitely it's different yeah uh so let's get into it first topic of the show we're going to talk about the killing joke batman the killing joke now we did talk about it a little bit last week we gave a very very brief spoiler free Um, impressions video or impressions uh, podcast I'm sorry impressions segment so now we're going to get into an actual spoiler free review of the of the film and I'm telling you right now the thing I said last time about the first 30 minutes is dead on accurate they are so unnecessary so stupid don't waste your time go 29 29 minutes into the movie that's my opinion that's Greg's opinion. My opinion, I kind of like it because I know they had to add, add you know, more story to it. You know, it's more focused on Batgirl, which I like because we really haven't had that too much in the past. So get her her own thing. Oh, that could come down the line. I'm not surprised that you liked it. I, I, you're, you're definitely a DC fan. Come on, DC. Uh, DC I, I, come on, I'm a DC fanboy, but don't get me wrong. I still love Marvel. You know, I, I can I can love both of them, can't I? Yeah, you can, and you love everything either one of them puts out, except for Iron Man three. I I, <laughs> I that to me that is the worst Marvel film put out. Uh, with the Killing Joke, in my opinion, you we've talked about it last week, and I said 
you know, why not just cut out the crap and just make it 45 minutes? I understand they put it in theaters. They wanted more money for that. The, it makes the runtime longer, so you get more kind of drummed up interest and more sustainability. But it literally fades in and fades out from the first half hour, completely separating it from the film. The, the killing joke portion of the film. It was wasted. It was about a mobster and his uncle and how he's in love with Batgirl. And then she bangs Batman on a roof. Well, Great. Well, I mean, you know, he was Paris France was his name. I believe a little weird name. But I mean, I guess he had a little obsession with Batgirl and kind of took it to the next level. And I'll tell you this. What I hated about what I hated about the killing joke was the R rating. And I'll tell you why. Because. Let's let's take it from the first half hour, the Batgirl stuff, right? There was some neat headshots, you know, some gory headshots in there for mobsters and the uncle's death and all this stuff. And I liked that, you know, gore factor. I liked that they said bitch or damn or whatever. This was a PG-13 movie that they gave an R rating for to make it cool, to make it trendy. I couldn't see anything in there that actually made this an R-rated film. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think it was an R. I think it might have been maybe a hard PG-13. I think we could have got away with it. Maybe they just kind of wanted to, you know, this was the first rated R animated film. Maybe they just kind of wanted to, you know, throw it in there to spice up the pot a little bit. And that's my issue with it is they had to make an R-rated film and they didn't make anything about it R-rated. The sex scene between Backer on Batman, they cut away from it. And I'm not saying I need that um, in my life is to watch Backer on Batman <laughs> have sex. I don't need it. But... They cut away from that immediately, which is again perfectly fine in my estimation, but it does not recommend or does not require an R rating. Where was any F bomb? I don't believe there was. There wasn't any. Where was the sex scene? There wasn't any. So with that, it didn't. It didn't need an R. It got an R on reputation and because it was the first one. It wanted to set a trend. No, Deadpool did it right. Deadpool didn't have any actual sex scenes. I mean, yeah, they were. They had the entire thing of every holiday but you never saw that was anything. like their sex monologue right yeah there you never you never saw anything so it wasn't ever like actual sex scenes it was more of a comedy scene that they dressed up as a sex scene but there was the language there was the gore there was the everything the violence that made it the r rating and that movie deserved a hard r then you take the killing joke and i damn near fell asleep for at least the first half hour the second part of it definitely redeemed itself, but still nothing R about it. The Joker was creepy as hell. The silhouette shots of him, his eyes, his twistedness, Mark Hamill played it perfectly. But well, there was nothing about that that screamed R to me. And I was going to say another thing. In the first 30 minutes, there is no Joker. Maybe another thing that could have you know, put you to sleep. Why wouldn't <clears throat> Excuse me. Why wouldn't you, if you're going to tell a story about Batgirl, why wouldn't you maybe do a Batman Batgirl team up to get the Joker and then maybe fast forward five years later or 10 years later or whatever, or her first interaction with the Joker and then fast forward and then get into the killing joke. So at least it's Joker related. He didn't even have to speak. I don't know what to do with that. That's not my decision, but that is not, you don't tell a Batgirl story for Batman, the killing joke. It made no sense. It had no purpose. It had no point. Now, I understand that people out there could like it, but I think the majority are at least in line with my thinking of it. It was wasted potential. I, I just think that, um, like the killing joke, you want to kind of explain Batgirl's background a little bit more. Yes, everyone knows that the Joker shoots her. We all know that. I just feel like they want to go a little bit more into detail of her, you know, what she did at night or maybe her relationship with Batman or, you know, just something different. 
at the end, and uh, again, spoiler warning-ish kind of thing, but at the end, it made no sense. She has a monologue with Batman on a rooftop where she explains her reasoning for, you know, a decision she's made. Let's just put it that way. And then she puts a, you know, she puts something down and walks away and it fades out and then it fades up to the killing joke. And guess what? She's in like the first scene of the killing joke. And what you just kind of said, Bat, uh, Joker shoots, shows up, shoots her in the stomach and paralyzes her. So what was the damn point? Just to maybe show her uh, struggle with Batman? There was no struggle. The only thing she struggled with was under the sheets. <laughs> well, maybe the, the awkwardness after, because, you know, Batman kind of gave her the the, sh- the cold shoulder a little bit. But to my understanding, there has been a lot of sexual tension between those two and other series of Batman. So it's like maybe hinted at subtly. Maybe it's not so. I mean, she literally took her shirt off. So that was this is the first time you actually saw them together <clears throat> like that. But this isn't the first time it's been like subtly hinted at that these two have a relationship. Well, well to me. This took me by surprise. I didn't expect them to to you know get it on or whatever. In the past, I, I Batman was always a little bit older. I always thought you know just with the age thing. Age is nothing but a number. Oh, ain't that the truth? Uh, so with this, you know, I'm, I what I wanted to do was I wanted to break this film in half and give individual scores or ratings or whatever. Um, you know, from like an A to F scale, if I had to do that, I wanted to break it down and then I'll do kind of a whole one at the end for this. I give an absolute like D to an F. Like there's no way this had anything written on it other than filler to me. It had nothing else written on it, but uh, added runtime and it lets it go to theaters. And like I said last week, Game of Thrones got away with putting an episode or two or I think it was maybe even three episodes at three weeks in a row, maybe uh, in theaters. They did their episodes in theaters. So I don't need to hear that it needs to be an hour and 15 minutes or an hour or whatever. Game of Thrones is anywhere from 48 to an hour, the except for the season six finale and some other episodes that have gotten extended runtimes. But generally, they are within the 48 to 52, 55 minute range killing joke was over an hour and if you take out the half hour you got 45 minutes of pretty good stuff i really enjoyed the second half of the killing joke but for me i don't give anything higher than a d to the the bull crap before well i give a little better i'm going to give it a b minus just out of the fact number one you brought back kevin conroy you brought back mark hamill i mean just that's nostalgia for me from from my childhood mark hamill wasn't even in the first half well, which is fine. Kevin Conroy was. I'm happy. So Kevin Conroy was in the second half too. So what does that make? How does that make the first half better? Well, I like I said before. I like the story they added. I didn't expect to see Batgirl take off her shirt on the rooftop. I didn't expect to see that. So to me, it was new. It was something different that I'd probably never see otherwise. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this: If they broke it off and made it a completely separate part one, part two, and you renamed the first half hour. I don't know, Batgirl and whatever, Batman, me. <laughs> me. <laughs> if you named it something different and you watched that, you know, and the killing joke was its own 45-minute thing. Okay, so you're Are saying— Are you telling me that you would go out and purchase that first half hour, spend money on that Blu-ray, or even go to theaters to watch it and tell me that as an independent story you liked it? So, so to me, that 30 minutes is almost like an episode of the animated series. Yeah. I mean, if it was in a collection of a season— of course I'd buy it. But if it, if it came out on its own, just that 30 minutes, would I buy it? If it's in the $5 bin, done. <laughs> That's the problem. It has to be in the $5 bin for you to go and buy it. So that was my issues with The Killing Joke Part 1, Part 2, much better. Um, Mark Hamill absolutely crushed it. 
Agreed. 100%. I mean, come on. He's, I, I hope he comes back. I want to see him more. Okay, I'm sorry about that. So we want to throw an apology real quick. Um, as you could definitely hear in the last 15 seconds of audio, uh, there was some crazy background noise. Um, we're not going to go back and edit it out or anything like that because uh, we do tape the show as if it were live, but we did change locations just so that doesn't pop up again. So really sorry. So we'll pick back up where we were. We were talking about how Mark Hamill uh, just absolutely crushed it as the Joker, and you had mentioned that you want to see him come back for more. Always. That's I can never get enough. And that's the thing that made me watch the rest of The Killing Joke. Now, when we transitioned to part two, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill's performances were the only, not the only, that's that's not what I mean to say. They were the reasons I kept watching um, after that first half hour of garbage. Um, <laughs> but t- their performances really carried the film. And when you, when you look at it as a whole, right, and I'm talking just the, the, the last 45 minutes of this, of The Killing Joke, it had some very accurate representations of the comics. It had everything that you would want from that standpoint. I like that. You know, he came in early. He did what he did to Barbara Gordon. He basically tortured uh, Commissioner Gordon the whole the whole film. And I, I, like I said earlier, his the silhouettes were just so screwed up. His eyes were so messed up. I was watching it. And my fiance was on the couch with me, and she was kind of paying attention, kind of not. She was reading the Harry Potter book-ish screenplay thing and she looked up at one point and she was like oh that's scary the the joker that yeah. is yeah yeah oh he's 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 menacing that's that's what he does and one one thing i did like about the film after everything joker put commissioner gordon through he still stayed sane he still told batman i want him brought in by the books don't kill him and that's the thing about the killing joke was basically a man can go from completely sane and any, something can happen to you where you can completely go crazy overnight. That's the purpose of the killing joke. And that'd be something Joker says. All it takes is one bad day to drive an ordinary man insane. And that was the I mean, that's the whole point of the killing joke. And then you take it for what it is. Again, there was some gore. There was some small language to hear the Joker curse and say, bitch, was pretty funny. Um and it had a little bit of humor to it, just a very little bit of dark humor. But I wanted more. I texted you afterwards. I said, meh. Like I was, I know uh, you were upset. I wasn't upset. I was just disappointed, and it's because That's I the never, worst word to use. <laughs> I never read the comic. That that I think has a big big reason why you you know didn't feel the same way. And and I'll as I did. Yeah, and I and I would say. If I did read, and I read the comic, I'm sorry, I did not read the comic completely on purpose. I didn't want to know. I wanted to go into it completely, um, you know, completely unattached from it. I wanted no spoilers. I wanted no no way of knowing what was going to happen. That way I could go back and reflect and read afterwards. That's what I did with Game of Thrones. I waited until I saw the first season of Game of Thrones before I read the first book. I wanted to be able to put the face to the character, and I wanted to be able to put some, you know, what are the differences here, subtle differences here, and it made my actual reading of the books for Game of Thrones more enjoyable, and it's going to make my reading of The Killing Joke more enjoyable as well. Yeah, because Game of Thrones has a thousand different characters and a million different names, so you know, definitely helps seeing the faces. Dario Naris. My boy. Uh, so, overall, Killing Joke, second half. I liked it a lot better than the first half. Was a little disappointed that it wasn't darker. A little bit disappointed it wasn't a little bit more violent, a little bit more twisted. But I completely understand the source material. Um, let's talk about the ending in the most non-spoilery way. Uh, we can't give it away. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you've read the the book, you you know how it ends, you know? So I, I assume 80% of the people are going to know how it ends already. I mean... You would hope. But let's just say... and I, You want to just do it? 
Let's do it. All right. Major spoiler warning ahead. If you don't want to know the end of the Killing Joke comic book or movie, please fast forward. Um, fast forward probably about a two minutes or so. Uh, the end of the Killing Joke in the comics, the last panel, is Batman. Uh, after the Joker tells his joke in the carnival, Batman, you can see him reaching for the Joker, almost looking like he's choking him. As as they're both laughing. Right, and there's you. ha, 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 ha all over the place, and it looks like he's killing him, and then it goes away. So it, it's left open for interpretation, or so we thought. So if you notice, you hear both of them laughing, and then you abruptly hear the Joker stop laughing, and you just hear Kevin Conroy laughing. Then you see him reach his hands on the shoulder. You know his. Are you talking about comic, or are you talking about... I'm, I'm talking about the... The movie. Yeah, let's go comic first, because that's what I was Okay, well, in, in the comic, it looks like that Batman's reaching for his throat. Right. That's what people have taken in, and some people say that's kind of why it's called the killing joke, where you kind of see his laughing die out. He reaches, has his throat, and boom, that's why it's called the killing joke. Right, and then, the, so the writer of the comic came out and said, no, 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 not kill him. He was just touching his shoulder, reaching out, and laughing. Then the movie happens, and we get the different interpretation of the ending, kind of what you said. You want to go back over that? That... How you see them, them both laughing. You see Batman put his hand on Joker's shoulder. Joker stops laughing, and you hear Kevin Conroy just his his laugh, which you rarely ever heard ever. He just keeps laughing, and it just ends. Yeah. So the camera pans down to to black. Uh, the Killing Joke pops up, and Kevin Conroy's still laughing, but you you don't hear Mark Hamill at all. You don't hear the Joker at all. So there's a million different ways to interpret that. Did he kill the Joker? Did it just happen to be probably the best? writing in my opinion for the whole thing because it gets you thinking i don't think that he killed him because if you remember batman telling the joker after everything you did to commissioner gordon he still said he wants you brought in by the book right and i'm i'm in agree with uh, agreement with you there i don't think that batman killed the joker i like that it was darker i like that it was uh, a more serious storyline and i really like the joker's backstory yes same here I'm, yeah. i was happy to finally get it yeah the joker's origin story um if you didn't know no oh. But but before we we get to that one, did you happen to see the mid credit the mid credit scene on the Killing Joke? Yes, absolutely not. <laughs> you said he gave up. Okay, well, for it's not really a huge thing, but you kind of see Barbara Gordon wheel into her little office and her computer screens pop on, and you see Oracle's logo pop on the screen. For me, cool. Don't care so much. Uh, want to care? Enjoy it. But um, don't don't really care. I mean, I just liked it because it made it seem like that you know she's boom she's going to continue to right. keep going, which right. I like. Right, and and I like uh, that that points me Oracle points me to the Batman Arkham games a lot, but just because that's who he speaks to and gets the guidance from in those games. So uh, there is a sentimental thing for me with Oracle, but the logo was you know it's it's a it's a good it's a normal mid credit scene. It's, 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 I think it's a, it's a nice nod. Yeah. Um, so real quick uh, to tie up the Killing Joke, uh, we'll we'll hit real quick on the Joker's backstory, real real quick, and then we'll give it my well at least I'll give it my grade. You can give it your grade if you want, and then we'll move on to the Suicide Squad. Um, I liked his backstory. Uh, if what I was really concerned about was his voice, you know, I don't want to give away how you know what his backstory was because again, non spoilers. Uh, again, welcome back if you fast forwarded, but. His voice was my main concern because if you listen to his voice when he's just the normal man. Softer, soft voice, no, no uh, rasp, rasp to it whatsoever, which I liked. And then, you know, his transformation happens in the way it happens. And I was like, how are they going to pull it off? And then they did. Oh. And it made perfect sense as to why he has that 
uh, yeah, in his voice. That Mark Hamill definitely pulled that off. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, full marks to that. Overall, second half of the movie for me is probably a, a solid, a solid B. I would have liked a little bit more. I still didn't see enough rated R for me to sway that way. I didn't get enough um, for me, like the violence, the 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 gore, the language. I wanted more just because I was going into it rated R. Um, I was excited to see the first rated R animated film. I really kind of had high expectations as a non-comic reader. Uh, it left me wanting more, which is why I'm going to go B. I wouldn't say it was necessarily bad, but I was disappointed because I definitely wanted a little bit more. I, 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 I can hear what you're saying. I, I definitely understand. Um, but me, I, I still got to give the film a B minus overall. But the, the second half obviously was the better part. I'd give the better, you know, I'd give that an A minus myself. But overall film, I got to give it a B. Speaking of films that have gotten different receptions uh suicide squad is out came out on thursday night um nationwide and before it came out it already had some controversy surrounding it of course you know critics it's a dc film of course they got to put it down you know it's not your your happy-go-lucky marvel (laughs) film you know the dc fanboy speaks again um i'll tell you I came into this, I didn't read one review, I didn't care about one review, I didn't watch one review, I talked to somebody at work, at the, and this person said they're not going to go see the film just because of the early reviews, that's not how I want to judge a movie, I never want to go into a movie based on the reviews, I will always stay away from reviews, watch it myself, formulate my own opinion. Exactly, I hate when people go by by the critics just because it has what, what 26% rating right now by critics, I mean, come on, you're... You use your own, you know, like you said, your own opinion and, and go say it. And formulate your own judgment on a film. Don't let anybody else's opinion sway you because we are all independent thinkers. Don't let anything influence you. That's exactly how I took this movie. We went and saw it IMAX 3D. I would say half of that was worth it. The IMAX portion, 3D, not so great. But the movie overall, I don't get it. I don't understand why people don't like it. I really enjoyed this film. It, it doesn't deserve a 26% rating. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed the film. I really did. Was it perfect? No. But is Ever film? Is any film ever perfect? No, and and this is going to sound weird. I think that the weakest part of the movie was the plot, <laughs> but not the plot. So for me, you again, we'll keep it spoiler-free as best we can. But for me, this movie, the first half was un believable oh, it was great it was great unbelievable they went into a backstory you know some of it was rushed but they went to a backstory for every character and you got a feel for why they are where they are and why they are who they are and that's the important thing for somebody that's going into it a lot like guardians of the galaxy where you didn't know these characters before that film and you got that little bit of backstory marvel did it well because they didn't need flashbacks to tell it they told it through narrative which is what i appreciate But for me, I wanted to see backstory. I wanted to see flashbacks for Suicide Squad because I wanted to know. Because these are villains, not heroes. So I wanted to see how they got off their way, and they did that for the most part. I mean, most people, you know, read the comics, know who every character is. But this type of movie where if you don't read comics and you don't know any of these characters, you're you're still going to have – you're going to go in. You're going to get to know each character. You're going to understand, you know, their little tics. And I I think everyone should enjoy this movie. For me, the main – three, four characters in this. Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie, Will Smith, Deadshot, Jared Leto, Joker, and Amanda Waller. Uh, was that Viola Davis, I yep. believe, right? Yes, correct. From How to Get Away with Murder fame. Yes. Um, they stole the show from me, and 
that third one I mentioned, Leto's Joker. I cannot wait to talk about him because I have an opinion on him that may be in the minority. Uh, this, those three were great. The chemistry between Harley and Deadshot were, was fantastic. You could have guessed that they were in, in three, four other movies before this gaining chemistry. They had instant chemistry. And Viola Davis was probably the scariest. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Which brings me, I will say this little line, which isn't, I don't think it's a spoiler, but the first time Harley Quinn sees... Amanda Waller walk in. You just see Holly Quinn look up at her and say, are you the devil? And then Amanda just looks at her all menacing and just says, maybe. I just, to me, that gave me the chills. And, you know, we're sitting there watching. It was a 9 o'clock at night showing. I had a long day at work. So I was pretty tired. And this was the first time I went to the movies after work and didn't fall asleep for 10 minutes. Like, I usually, I'm, I'm usually pretty good at drifting off halfway through. Civil War, I did it 15 minutes right in the beginning. Really? Fell asleep. Wow. Yeah, yeah, right in the beginning too. A crossbones was in there. Fell asleep. Um, woke up. Uh, woke up to the scene where stuff blows up. Um, so, anyway, uh, with this, I it kept my attention. And the the problem that with this movie allegedly is that it gets boring after the first act, and it kind of loses its way. Joker isn't you know they Joker to to a lot of people is just. Uh, a distraction to the movie. It doesn't move the plot along. They kind of force them in. But to me. I actually thought it was really well done. Um, it may be in the minority, but this movie to me does not say, you know, piece of trash. I know they did a lot of rewrites, a lot of reshoots, and and I'm really interested to see what was left on the cutting room floor, and I would love a director's cut, but allegedly we're not going to get one. I, I actually like how they put in the Joker. I like his little spots here and there. I, I did read that, you know, Jared Leto said that a lot of his scenes were cut from the film. Which, which disappoints me. Of, of course, but I'm, I'm sure we're going to see them on the, you know, the deleted scenes. They say deleted scenes. They say that that will happen, but definitely not like an extended director. Yeah, part. David Ayer did say that this was his cut of the movie. And that's the that's the issue for me is I wanted more Jet, uh, Joker. So we can transition there into the Joker. Um, he's getting shit on, quite frankly, yeah. by a lot of people. And I loved him. Do you think it's maybe because of his teeth or his tattoos maybe? So to me, there's two reasons. Number one, Heath Ledger. And that's, well, I, and that's the issue. I will always love Heath Ledger, you, by the way. You gotta separate it. Oh, agreed. I, I can appreciate a, a different a different variation of the Joker. Yeah, you have to separate Ledger's Joker from Leto's Joker. Uh, they're completely different characters. The other thing that he's getting panned on is his. He's portrayed more of like a gangster. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I, I kind of liked him seeing what, you know, all his little ring, his pinky ring, his, his pimp cane. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a completely new take for me, and I don't think he was a distraction. The only thing I think was a distraction was the friggin' editing of the movie. Jump cuts all over the place. So you there's that one scene in every trailer ever made for him, his first line, Oh, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad. But That's if, in the movie? But if you watch it, they, instead of... That the way they had it in the trailer, they cut yeah, it. They cut, yeah. they cut it up like jump cutted the crap out of it. They made it all swirly and like three like three D and trippy, and they like messed with the audio a little bit. So the line wasn't delivered straight, and that's the problem with the movie is they overthought it. I think to me the biggest downfall to this was the way it was edited together. I could not stand the jump cutting. Yeah, I mean, I, I did notice that. Obviously, I noticed quite a few. Um, scenes that you've seen on the trailer that weren't in the movie that they that they cut um i'm a little upset but i, I look past it you know I, I, you got to trust the director and hopefully that he made the right move by taking out those 
little scenes, maybe to save a couple minutes. I know the movie's just over two hours, which which to me is is the perfect runtime for you know a superhero movie. I or a villain movie, excuse me. I, I never felt like it went on too long. Um, towards the end, though, I was kind of ready for it to be over. Well, at least the, I, I think it could have been better just because, you know, DC has um, so much, so many villains to choose from. I feel like out of everyone, they could have chose a, a better villain, right. my opinion. Next week, we'll talk more about, like, getting into character names and a little bit of spoiler action because I don't want to let you know who the exactly. villain is because the villain, you wouldn't think that the villain of the movie is the villain of the movie the way it starts. And I didn't even know that that person existed. And I, and I read comics. Right. Well, I, I knew that this person was a part of the film, but I thought they were a part of the Suicide Squad. Well, exactly. Not not going to be. And I'm talking about a, a different character that, you know, you'll see later in the film. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. I know who you're I don't want to give it away. Yeah, the male. Correct, male character, correct. got it. Um, so, for me, to go back to what I was saying about the plot being the biggest distraction, here's what I mean by that. Okay, I am so sick and tired of this plot. Villain comes, villain goes to the most populated part of the city. This world is mine. <laughs> the villain, uh, beam of light to the sky, comes down. Crap starts circling you. Things come out of it, bad things, and then superhero kills it while they're trying to build a weapon of mass destruction. We saw it in the original Avengers. We saw it in Ghostbusters. We're now seeing it in this movie. I am tired of that plot. But you notice them other movies have great reviews in Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go again. <laughs> Maybe because this was the third one. It's uh, well, at least the third one. How many times can we get beam of light into the sky, trash surrounding it, weapon of mass destruction, Power Rangers putties coming out of the sky. I'm sure we're still going to see this down the line. Yeah, I. but that was the thing, though. For me, it still didn't take away from my enjoyment of the film because I looked at this more from a character angle. I watched this movie as a character movie, not necessarily a plot movie. I didn't need the plot to roll along because I knew how it was going to end. It was very predictable, but I'm okay with that because I wanted to see these characters interact. When all of them are on screen, I had so much fun. I was just so glad to finally see a live-action version of Harley Quinn, you know, Killer Croc, Captain Boomerang. I mean, it, to me, that's what, you know, at least all the fans been waiting to see for years now. So... Let's take our thoughts on the movie. We we, uh, we were both in agreement that we enjoyed it. Definitely. Now, we're going to have some similarities here, but we're going to talk for our weekly top three section of top three favorite characters in this movie. We're going to stick with villainy characters because if we didn't, then we would give away that spoiler that Sam was talking about earlier about that male character that we didn't know was in it. So we'll stick away from that. And we're going to get into our top three villainy characters characters from the film Suicide Squad. Correct. So I'll start from my, my low totem pole. After I saw the movie a second time, I had a little change of heart, so I had to do a couple a little tweaking. But my number three is going to come in. My favorite is, is Deadshot. Will Smith, to me, killed it. I, I, I came in, you know, you expect Will, Will Smith is going to go do his normal thing, but I felt like that he didn't just phone it in. He actually took the time to read the character, read up on it, know a little bit about him. And to me, he has my favorite scene in the whole movie. I... Uh, and it's short too. Yeah, I have Deadshot as my number two to give that away. My number three would be Harley Quinn. Um, Harley Quinn. The only reason Margot Robbie was not my number one because you know she should be, and my girlfriend. But the only thing that stopped her from being my number one was I. Th- I feel like her comedy, her punt missed. 
I feel like they missed. When she saw Katana for the first time. See, I love that, by the way. Are she you, seems nice. Are you the devil? No, no, that was that was Amanda Waller. Uh, well, yeah, I'm sorry, Amanda Waller. Are you the devil? Maybe The way she said it, it didn't hit home for me. She said, you smell like death. Yeah, that's it, that's it. Um, and then... Uh, she had the scene where she broke the window and stole the stuff, and yeah, said, the we're bad guys. That's what we d- didn't hit for me. Um, I, we're a really was it? Ve- I'm really vexing or whatever. <laughs> didn't it didn't hit for me. I laughed at that. Didn't hit for me. I thought Will Smith was the funniest character in this film. I thought his lines hit home. He still got it. He crushed it. But Harley Quinn, outside of the comedy, everything else about her was perfect. I thought the makeup was perfect. I thought her dialogue was really good. I thought her story with the Joker was really really good. So for me. Harley Quinn comes in at my number three, and I'll give it away. Deadshot number two, because I basically agree with everything you said. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of want to just give up. I guess it's a mini mini. Ah, no, I'll wait. I'll wait till next week to say say my favorite scene is. But my my number two, I had to change because I originally had a different character. But after the second time, the Joker, Jared Leto. I after the second time I seen him, I he finally won me over because you know going the first time, you know, yeah, you see the reviews, but you want to form your own opinion and. You know, I'm still thinking of Heath, but I, it took me two times to finally, I guess, look past it, accept Jared, you know, accept Jared Leto. And I appreciated all his little tics, his mannerisms, his voice, his psychotic tendencies. I really appreciate it. I was actually frightened with him on screen. Oh, he was, he definitely was menacing. Which is why he was my number one. I <laughs> bumped, I bumped out your probable number one. I bumped him or her out. Of my entire top three, even though I agree with you that she deserves a number, he or she <laughs> deserves a number one spot. She was a, he or she was amazing. For me, it was the Joker number one, and because the reason I liked him so so much is because I completely took Heath Ledger out of it. I didn't even pretend there was a Heath Ledger before. I didn't pretend there was a Jack Nicholson before. Uh, I'm sorry, I pretended there wasn't a Jack Nicholson before or a Heath Ledger. This was the first time I ever watched the Joker, in my opinion, and it was not his movie, but it set it up perfectly. And there's an ending scene which we won't give away between the Joker and Harley that really set up the rest of the DC extended universe that I'm excited for moving forward for the Joker to get his own kind of fleshed out story. And this was a perfect setup for me. I didn't need the Joker in this movie for an hour and a half. I didn't even need him to be the villain. I just wanted him to be that twisted character. And there were times where I was scared of him. I feel we seen Joker just enough. Like you said, he didn't control the whole film. It kind of sets up now. Maybe that we're going to see Joker, maybe Harley in the next Batman solo film. That's what I'm looking forward to is if we can get more fleshed out later down the line, it was that perfect appetizer to what's going to be a really fleshed out main course that I'm extremely excited about. There's no reason to rush this character. This was not the Joker versus the suicide squad. It was the suicide squad. But to me, even though he was only minute in it for probably 15 minutes total runtime, maybe 20, spoiler alert, he stole it from me. And I thought that every time he was on uh, on the screen, that's what reminded me of Heath Ledger, was every time he was on the screen, I didn't want him to get off of it. I, I definitely agree there. That'll leave me, I guess, I, you could pretty much figure out who my number one was, was Harley Quinn. Margot Robbie, to me, she stole the show. I mean, number one, she's one of the the most beautiful women in the world, her and Amber Heard, who are both in DC movies, by the way. Um, another thing I did read about the creator, one of the co-creator, Paul Dini, said that she nailed the character of Harley Quinn. Him and Bruce Tim created her back for the animated series. And I know you, you know, your comedy, I know you, you kind of, you said you, she missed a little bit, but to me, I, I, I really liked it. I thought her smile, 
semi-spoiler, you may or may not see different costumes of Harley Quinn, maybe Joker, couple extra. Oh, real quick, back to Deadshot. I did want to slip this in here. I did want to see the mask a little more. Yes, don't get me wrong. You still see his mask on, but I know you, I think you said in the last podcast, it might be the same thing as a Stephen Amell, Casey Jones thing, and you're right. Yeah, and uh, what, what I wanted to do, though, real quick, because this character deserves the top spot or a spot in the top three. Um, I think there's a unanimous honorable mention for Amanda Waller. Totally. hundred, hundred percent. Do not discount Viola Davis's performance in this movie. We had to narrow it down to three, but Amanda Waller was incredible. Brutal. Hat tip to Viola Davis for just literally nailing that character. That was perfect casting. She absolutely killed it. Uh, no spoilers here. No pun intended. (laughs) No spoilers here. But stick around. Don't wait till the end, but stick around for the credits. Yeah, there's definitely a nice little, it's a mid-credit scene, so you don't have to stay all the way through. But I know you know a couple of my buddies missed it the first time around, and it's definitely worth checking out. So what we're going to do now is preview what's coming out in theaters this week. So this week coming out in theaters, yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming out, but we kind of want to keep it to one, maybe two per week, like the big releases, because, you know, we got, you know, a time limit and all that. Uh, this week we're going to talk about Sausage Party. Looks hilarious. And Sausage Party, if you didn't know, is a Seth Rogen animated film. Um, the tagline of Sausage Party is yummy, and, and the plot description is a sausage strives to discover the truth about its existence. The first time, I remember the first time I saw this trailer on YouTube, um, you it, and they pulled it off perfectly, was you think animated film, you think happy-go-lucky, you think this great thing, then the woman takes some groceries home, and then absolutely chops a sausage in half and peels a potato, and they're screaming and <laughs> yelling. <laughs> and then I had to immediately watch the Red Band trailer. Oh, definitely. And it, and that hit it home for me. I mean, the, the food finally learns the truth of what the humans actually do to the to, to the food. I mean, look look at this voice cast. Seth Rogen, Craig Robinson, Paul Rudd, Michael Sarah, Kristen Wiig, Jonah Hill, James Franco, Danny, McGurb- Danny McBride, Edward Norton, Salma Hayek. The list goes on and on. I mean, this is every actor that Bill you— Bill Hader. I mean, come on. Everyone's in it. This is like, this is the end. Every character just brought in. Yeah, this is the animated version of This is the End in sausage form, in meat form. <laughs> and, and it, yeah, it's, it's rated R, of course. It's, I'm sure it's language. You know, you saw the hot dogs smoking in the trailer or whatever. It's only 88 minutes long. I've, it's going to be a quick hour and a half of fun. Get get some laughs. Get at, you know, get in, get out. Obviously, this isn't for children. Yeah, and that's the beautiful part is they've done everything. You look at Your Highness. You look at This is the End. You look at Pineapple Express. They've done a lot of different things, but they've never tackled the animated. No, and never. now the, and now they have the three D animated budget of thirty million dollars. They're going to make that back in spades. Oh. This is not another just for me. This is not going to be another cheesy, stupid movie. I actually have interest in this. This is. This is, this is the animated film for the adults. This is the most excited I've been for a Seth Rogen-y, James Franco movie. I did not like, um, what the hell was it? Your Highness? No, the one that the one that was banned in South Korea for it. Oh, The Interview? The Interview. I've never I did, seen it yet. I did not care for it that much. It has some quotable stuff in it, but like I think uh, this, I believe this might be... I think they had the night the night before or something like that the night before like the night before Christmas it was like the night before was there three Jewish dudes okay yeah yeah okay yeah I think that was the movie after that before this there was like that bridge but this is the most excited I've been for like a Rogan Franco movie since probably Pineapple 
I would say, well, this is the end for me. But yeah, besides, oh yeah, bes- besides that, end, right, I totally right. agree. Definitely, this is the end. That was probably that was one of the funniest movies I'd ever seen. Oh, definitely. So, <laughs> especially the first time. But for Sausage Party, like you said, you already went down the cast, and that's really. That's really incredible that you – we could have gone on for hours and hours just about the cast itself. I didn't want to go on for five minutes and name a character. I just figured I'd give you just the you know, the ones that I know people would recognize. Yeah, and so it, it comes out August 12th, so this coming week. Um, I would say by far this would be my highest recommendation for the week. Oh, I agree 100%. You got to go see it. Um, if you are looking for something else that you want to go see this week, Peach Dragon comes in the theaters this Friday in 3D. Uh, in 3D. Peach Dragon is a reimagination of the uh, old animated film. The cool thing, have you ever seen it? No, I have not. Have you ever heard of it? No, I have not. Okay, so Peach <laughs> Dragon, I remember it because of my brother. My brother's six years older than me, so he had all these children's films that I got to enjoy later. So this is another animated film coming out? This is. Okay. So this one's going to be like an animated film, like uh, – Almost like Pixar-y stuff, too. Um, but there is live action, so it's okay. a mix. Um, that was the cool thing about the original Peach Dragon. So the original Peach Dragon came out God knows when. I want to say 50s. Um, let me actually look that up for you while I'm, while I'm talking about it. But Peach Dragon, um, basically, it's it's a live action movie. The original one was 1977. Okay. Um, so if you look at it, it's an, a live action film, but they drew in peach dragon is animated so while the film takes place in real life you have an animated cartoon dragon i i faint now that i'm seeing pictures i faintly remember but i it's been you know, well before my time yeah so uh i mean mickey rooney was in it and that that's hilarious rest in, in peace mickey rooney. sean marshall was in it um and that was then and then again like i said peach dragon uh was Completely live action, had the animated dragon. That was, like, revolutionary for the time in 1977. This was Star Wars era, right? But this was different. This separated itself because it was, you have live action, and then you have an animated thing. So you had a child actor and Mickey Rooney literally talking to nothing (laughs) and pretending there's a dragon there, and then they animated it in in post. And that was really neat for me to see. As a kid growing up, that was, you know, in the 90s. It was really, really neat because at the time I watched it, this movie was only almost 20 years old. so And you were a kid and all. Right. So, so, you, so you see yourself seeing this movie? No, absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not going to waste my money seeing it. Um, I shouldn't say waste my money. That was really harsh. This is going to probably be like a, you know, probably a really good retelling. It's got Robert Redford, Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, so it's got a nice cast. But for me, I think it's a little too late. I know they're trying to introduce a new generation of kids or a new generation into Peach Dragon lore, but the other one was 1977. We haven't heard anything in the past 40 years, 39, until now, and it's like it might be a little too late for me. I would recommend that kids go see it. I will not. Yeah, I, I completely missed the boat on that. For me, this week or you know next week, it'll be Sausage Party, definitely for me. So we'll get off of movies um, real quick. Uh Sam, I know you haven't watched this. I just thought of this. I just want to spend 30 seconds on this. I don't remember if I talked about it or not last week, but for the love of God, if you guys aren't watching The Night Of on HBO, it's an eight-part series, please go watch it. It's Sunday nights, 9 o'clock. It's in Game of Thrones spot on HBO. It is unbelievable from a drama standpoint. It's fantastic. I, you, you're, you always raved about this show. I, I haven't even had time to, to watch this. I'm still behind on um, Mr. Robot. Yeah, and that's something I have to get into after this. So for me, top three things you should go watch right now. Real quick, uh, number one, Night Of. Number two, Stranger Things on Netflix. And number three, Vice Principals with Danny McBride. Oh, that, that I actually have to get on that immediately. It's eastbound and down, but better. 
And <laughs> it's just no baseball. It's fantastic, though. Oh, and on a quick side note, I know last week I gave you guys my horror story of the Pokemon Go. I put in my wrong Gmail account. I got the right one. Everything's back to normal. Well, it turned out that you're not wrong, though, because there was that glitch, and it did delete everybody's data. Um, as a matter of fact, there was that glitch, and in it wasn't really a glitch. I guess it was just an update. Uh, about an hour after we stopped recording last Sunday, everything was back up to normal just fine. Now, we'll talk about the updates to that game in just a second and how it's losing players and everybody wants to get sued and all this stuff. Everybody is suing, I should say, not wants to get sued. But we'll talk about that in a minute. To transition, because we know we do cover movies, music, video games, TV, everything under the nerd and pop culture. Let's talk real, real quick um, about music. And it's funny that this happened. That last week we did our top three albums of all time. I'm talking brand new Dejan Tendu at number two. Apologies again for the audio technical difficulties during that segment. But wouldn't you go figure that just a few days later, brand new announces its first headlining tour in years. And that is pretty funny. I mean, I guess, hey, careful what you wish for. And uh, so they'll be coming to our area in November. Are they playing your favorite weapon? I will not be able to go. So that's what I really wanted to talk about was how pissed I am that I won't be able to go. I'm going to see a different show that night already that I bought tickets for like a week ago. Oh, wow. That's funny. I'm really <laughs> pissed, but I'm happy because the, the band I'm going to see is called Two Tongues. Never heard of them. It's Max Bemis from Say Anything okay. and Chris Connolly from Saves the Day. Them two together doing a duet. They had a band. Uh, not had a band. They did a side project in the mid to late 2000s. I want to say 2008 or 9. It's like double tongues? Or two, tongues. two tongues. Okay. Two tongues. And they had one record. They never toured ever together. Now, Saves the Day and Say Anything have toured together. We saw yeah, them. exactly. We've seen them, but they've never done a two tongues tour. This will be the first ever two tongues tour. So my friend Ryan and I, Ryan Cunningham, as you know, yeah. name drop, uh, we're going to go to that show. And we bought tickets a week before Brand New drops their, their headlining tour. The same night, they're going to be in our area. So, But still, it's a win-win. You're going to see a band that you never seen before. Exactly. And they probably won't tour again and brand new hopefully we'll be back this is the fight off your demons tour the tour i've always wanted to see this is probably going to promote the new record and brand new is going to drop a new record i'm super pumped about it but hopefully they do another tour before they you know go their separate ways i'll probably miss this this one also until i see that you know your favorite weapon tour i'll beat it you know beat that dead <laughs> horse into the weapon, ground your favorite weapon's like 15 years old they're well, not going to do it well it's 15 tour. year anniversary <laughs> guess what five more years to 20 if i'm still here i'll be there the used did it the used did it yeah, that's what i'm saying so yeah. let's go brand new get it <laughs> Um, so let's get into the last topic of the of the day. It's video games. We did start off the show talking about God of War, Uncharted, and those kind of video games, but we want to bring you some different kind of content. So we'll end the show with Pokemon Go because you know that rhymes and that's awesome. But the new release for this week coming out, the big one is No Man's Sky for PlayStation Four and PC. No Man's Sky, if you don't know, is like an exploration game. You kind of build your own adventure, go wherever you need to go. You float to these randomly generated galaxies. The point is to get to the center of the galaxy to get something. We don't know what it is. The problem with it is that people from Kotaku and I think Polygon already got the game leaked to them and are streaming the game on Facebook Live before the embargo is up, so it's still uh, not illegal, but I'll use that for lack of a better phrase. And then somebody paid a couple thousand dollars to get a pirated version of the game early, and he leaked it online before they released all the um, before they released the embargo or at least released the game. So now a lot of people watch that and know the ending, so the game is spoiled after it's been delayed like six times. 
That doesn't spell good things for this game, but I'm still excited for it. Well, I would say they're going to have to release it soon because they can't lose all the millions of dollars that they put in making this this game. Yeah, so that comes out Tuesday, October. Uh, I'm sorry, October. Tuesday, August 9th. So probably by the time you listen to this, it'll be just a few days away. It'll be out or it'll just have released. Uh, so No Man's Sky, pick that up on PS4 and PC. That's the, the biggest releasing game in this week. But there was some big news in the world of Pokemon. So we have Pokemon Go and Pokemon Sun and Moon news. Let's start with Pokemon Go. Uh, there were some changes, Sam. Yeah, there, there definitely was. I know people, I guess, are complaining now that they took, they used to have the steps, or it'd be if they're close, it's one, then two, then three steps. I know they completely took that out of the, out of the game. I know Pokemon have been harder to catch. I actually had two Magikarps run from me, which never happened ever. So it, there is a couple things to this um they completely erased tracking basically so there are no steps anymore like you said but they also got rid of the cheating apps which i'm actually 100 in favor with they shut them down. i agree it's that's unfair poke radar poke vision gone you can no longer see what's on the map um which were third party they were not niantic they were not pokemon company they were not nintendo related at all they there were apps out there that basically let you see where pokemon were i can't do that i want to do it all organic and, and nantic said take it down now or you will be sued i believe i read uh it was probably a cease and desist i'm sure there was um but they the the person or people that especially poke vision came out and tweeted out like hey we're respecting their wishes we're taking it down immediately so again they're playing ball so that's cool i'm fine with it i don't like the cheating aspect hell i don't even want trading in this game i want it for other people i think it's a huge impact for everybody else i personally don't i want to catch all of them by myself well i mean but even in the old red and blue days you know we still trade each other we still battle each other i'm looking forward to that update absolutely so i mean we did have link cable battles back in the day which was awesome right on the front step and that was neat and you did have to trade your haunter to get a gengar and trade your cadaver to get an alakazam and trade your machoke to get him a champ and that was fun oh i just got a machop by the way nice but uh you also got a porygon you bastard oh well when you're a pokemon master you know (laughs) um so I like that, but that's what Sun and Moon are for. That's what Red and Blue were re-released recently for. That's what they were done for, not Pokemon Go. For me, I don't want to be lazy, sit on the couch, and give somebody to trade me a monster. I want to go out and get the pocket monster myself. I want to explore. It's making me get up off the couch. It's making me go, hell, in an hour, that's what we're going to go do. Well, that and play basketball. That's right. So, I mean, we, we're going to go and be active at 931 on a Saturday morning. So, that's great. And that's what this game should be doing, but you're taking away... The, the tracking steps, which for me is the annoying part. The cheating thing, fine. The tracking steps is annoying. And also the Pokeball thing where, A, they're doing their animations to, to block your Pokeball a lot more often. They're running a lot more often. And the capture rate has gone down a lot on these Pokemon. Now there's, hundred and I think, 42 in the United States right now that are available out of the 150 or 151, depending on. Yeah, the on Legendary, I know they're not there the yet. The Legendary's not there. Ditto isn't there. Mewtwo's not there. Mew's not there. Um, and then I think there's only, there's one or two that aren't available in the United States right now, only across the sea. But um, for me, when I when I think about it, I I had a Haunter. I had a uh, oh shoot, what was it? I had a Haunter show up uh, in in my in, in like the area. nearby in the area. Had one of them show up. I had um, oh man, what the hell did I have show up recently? I took a screenshot of it. I can't remember outside of the Haunter. Um, maybe it was, I think it was a Dragonair. I think showed up, and 
definitely a lick of tongue showed up, and I wanted those, but I couldn't go. Oh, a cadaver. That's oh, what it was. very I had, nice. I don't even have an abri yet, but I had a cadaver show up yesterday morning, and I shot out a text to my friends, and I was like, go figure. I'm at work. There's a cadaver nearby, and I can't go get it. But I didn't know how many steps, and I didn't know how far. Maybe I would have taken my lunch break. I mean, I, I kind of like – I know a lot of people don't like they took the steps. But I kind of like it. Give it a little more of a – I know, a little more of a challenge rather than you see it one, you might just start walking everywhere, you know, it makes you walk further, I'd, I'd imagine. Well, what I think it does also is it increases your the, the need for you to want to just use incenses and lures. And that, again, guess what? You can buy them. So there's the point of all this. They they updated the uh, the catch rates. They updated the the how often they get away. They updated how often they run. So uh, by the way, that causes pokeballs. What can you do? You can buy them. Uh, what can you do? You can buy lures. You can buy. M- so to me, this was a money making move for Niantic. Well, like I know to me, you know, people, I myself, I, I dropped ten bucks on it, but I didn't buy pokeballs or nothing like that. I got egg incubators because that's where you're going to get the rare guys. You know, you ain't going to catch them out in the wild. Well, I guess you could catch them you out in the wild. You can, but your chances are lower. Exactly. So, you know, there's a million Pokestops. You just got to know the right areas. And around here, we're lucky that there are a lot. I won't give away their locations. <laughs> and and for me, we're actually going to go to a heavily Pokestop area, a heavy, uh, heavily increased or volumed Pokestop area in just a little bit here when we're done the show. But I can't, for the life of me, figure out, you know, I mean, I get it. They're a business. They got to make money. And they are. They hand over fist are. But now they're causing controversy because I can't figure out for the life of me why they're not talking about it. Their communication to the, the to the the group of player, the player base, has been almost non-existent up until this last week where they finally released a statement or two saying the reasoning behind this. I, but I just don't buy it. For me, you, there was unnecessary to, to increase the capture – I'm sorry, to de- decrease the capture rate, to increase the amount of runaways, to increase everything just so you can buy more Pokeballs, buy more incenses, buy more lures. It's decreasing the amount of people want to just walk around with a purpose. Now you're just walking aimlessly, hoping things pop on your screen. I'm kind of over it, but I've still played it just as much as I have. But my feelings are, are a little butthurt. They're hurt, but – We'll soldier on. Not to the point where people are suing, though. Not to the point where I want to sue. People are suing this game. They were flooding, flooding iTunes and Android Store asking for refunds for all the money they've spent now that the PokeVision, PokeRadar, and Steps are gone. They want all their money back. Well, I mean, I only dropped 10 bucks. That ain't going to kill or break me, so I'm okay with that. But that's the thing, though. This kind of press can be killer. Oh, I agree. I agree. If you read all these people asking for refunds, you might hop on a bandwagon. Not you. I mean, oh, like, in general. Okay, not say, Sam I'm not, a, I'm not a bandwagon jumper. No, no, I don't mean Sam Matoro. I mean you as in the general public, yeah. which is fine. I, again, I won't be asking for any type of money back for yeah, me. I mean, come on, it's a free game. It's, it's, I'm just happy to have it in exactly. general. So uh, I'm good with it. We're going to go out and go on a poke walk in just a little bit here. So we're going to end the show on the last piece of news. And I waited till last for this because I, I know, Sam, you're a Gen 1-er. Okay. You're, you're an original 151 kind of guy. Red and blue, baby. Red and blue, yellow. Green, whatever you want to say, Gen 1. Um, you did play a little Gen 2. You dabbled. I did. You have your Tyranitar. Well, had. My boy. Ex-boy. <laughs> but you, and I know that we talked about last week, you played Ruby or Sapphire with me and Franco Mills. I, I, I just don't know names. <laughs> so I kept going, right? And I've been into Pokemon since I was, well, I guess what? It came out in 96, and I was 7 or 8. So since I was 8, so 20 years. So this is the 20th year. When Pokemon came out, I was 8. It's 20 year, 20th year anniversary. Now I'm 28. So literally for 20 years of my life, I've been a Pokemon fan. Hey, and I have no problem admitting that. You're loyal. I'll give you that. So this November, Pokemon Sun and Moon Generation 7 is coming out, Nintendo 3DS. 
and they released a new trailer recently. Now, they've released a bunch of trailers unveiling a whole bunch of new pocket monsters, a whole bunch of new creatures, and that's fine. What, do you not know that's what it meant? No, I, I, you said, I thought you said Pokemon. Oh, pocket monsters. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, they released a whole bunch of new ones. We don't need to get into all that, but I did show Sam a trailer today, the more recent trailer. As of today on Saturday, it came out four days ago. Pokemon dropped it, the Pokemon company, and it had a whole bunch of information. Potentially no more HMs. Potentially no more gyms. I don't think that that's the case. I think that the, the that what the new addition is is just more on top of taking control over the island. I don't. I think there will be gyms because the only four types were wire, water, fire, grass, and electric on these four islands to take them over, and that's a little generic for me. I think there'll still be gyms. They released a couple new monsters, but what they released was gumshoes. <laughs> he, he, everyone should check him out. He literally looks like Donald Trump. Gumshoes is the Donald Trump Pokemon, <laughs> and it's hilarious. So um, he's that think, alone should make you want to watch the trailer. I think it's a pre-evolution as Fungoose. I'm not a hundred percent on that. I I forget because uh, we use our, my computer to to record this, so I can't go up and check it out um, for fact checking. But I know Gumshoes it's an it is an evolved form. It is not a starter based. Um, it is not a base set Pokemon. So. But it is an evolution. It stands up on two legs. It has the slick back blonde hair and a douchey smile. <laughs> it's the Donald Trump Pokemon. It's uh, hilarious. I, I know for, for me, I'm probably going to stick to Pokemon Go. I know you, you know, you're loyal. I, I know you're ordered Sun and Moon already. I, so. I, I kind of figured. Um, and I know a couple other of my friends are interested in getting the 2DS. They're only 80 bucks. 2DS is great. You don't get the 3D, but you still can play 3DS games. So when Sun and Moon drop in November, boom, there you go. Now it's a, we can connect to Wi-Fi, trade, battle, do all the cool stuff we can do, collect our monsters and do that. But the cool part about this trailer outside of the gumshoes thing was what they did with generation one. Now I think that this was just a nostalgia trip to base off Pokemon go. So I think there's more than just generation one Pokemon involved in this. However, they announced Alolan forms. If you're not, uh, if you're unaware, gen seven is going to take place in the Alola region, which is, you know, generation one was Kanto. Generation two was Johto. Generation seven is going to take place in Alola, which is Hawaii. Basically generation five was based off of New York generation seven, Hawaii. That's pretty neat. That's coming more to the west for a second i thought you were gonna say hoder <laughs> uh so in hawaii obviously ton of different kind of things um there's a new pokemon that is a lay that you would wear i think it's called comfy but anyway uh what they did running out of names at this point what they did was they took three lines from generation one and made them Alolan forms. So not evolved forms. They are not a new evolution for these Pokemon, but they are a new form of the Pokemon. Let's start out with the derpiest of them all, Exeggutor. <laughs> Did you see this? Yeah, now they make him look like a giraffe. <laughs> yeah, so they make him look like a really tall um, palm tree. And they and if you know Exeggutor, it's got like coconut-shaped things around its head, a bunch of them. So they the did that heads. still, but they took it. And made one on his tail as well, so it makes it independent from the rest of it. It looks like a giant, thin palm tree, or like Sam's. It does kind of remind you of a draft, too. Exactly. I mean, they're at this point, like I said, they're. I think they're running out of stuff to do. But you know, I'm sure the young, the younger generations are going to love it. And I, well, it's also a call to nostalgia for us, for oh, the people of, of our course. age, and like somebody like you who loves Gen One the most. This is like familiarity, but it's new at the same time. I did see that the Sand Slash and the Nine Tails. They're total, total. Thank you for giving that away early. But we'll transition from Executor into Vulpix. Uh, so. 
uh, I actually, real quick though, Executor is also gaining dragon typing, so it's grass dragon now, which is incredible. But to counteract dragon is fairy type, and that's what we have with the Vulpix line. So Vulpix, as you know, Firefox, and yes. it evolves into Nine Tails, a mythical creature, but a nine-tailed Firefox. Beautiful creature. Beautiful. Not Naruto for the anime watchers. <laughs> um, so what they did now, instead of a fire type, they have now changed Vulpix to its Alolan form, which is ice type. It now looks it looks a little, you know, oh, I, I, albino. It, it looks a little albino. I actually like how he looks a little but bit. But it is uh, amazing. The oh, design of I agree. The, I agree. The design of the Vulpix and the Ninetales are amazing. They're complete. Uh, well, Vulpix is a straight ice type. Um, and nine tails are now an ice fairy type. Fairy type being strong against dragons, so that would be fun to have. You know, your nine tails go up against your executor, both in a lowland form. And I do think, like I said earlier, there's going to be more lowland forms than just executor Vulpix. And as Sam mentioned a second ago, with the sand true sand slash line. But the sand true sand slash line is the most. A, it, to me, it looks the coolest. Sand true looks amazing now, but they changed them from, I believe, ground to I- ice steel. So they're ice steel type, Sansu and Sandslash. What that means is four times weak to fire. So if you have your favorite, your Charizard. Charizard. If you have your favorite Charizard, you can absolutely wreck shop against an Alola form Sandstrew Sandslash combination. So just whole new ways to open up the game. You have new forms. You have new ways to battle. You have new ways to train. You have new ways to um, explore. Um, again, like I said earlier, there's potential to lose HMs. So uh, now you can ride Pokemon. You could do that in X and Y, but now it's completely different. You don't own that Pokemon. It's actually like a saddle. Um, you can fly. You can surf. You can dive. You can uh, break through rocks. You can ride them um, to get from one place to another. So that could potentially be the end of HMs. So no more do we have to use a slave in our party to teach surf and <laughs> and cut and fly to. And I don't want an HM slave because we only have six slots in our party. So this is actually a big change for me and something that's welcome. I, I know you're definitely excited. I, I can see, tell by the look on your face. So we're going to wrap up the episode here, episode two of We Podcast and We Know Things. Please make sure to check us out on the all-new, all-revamped We Podcast and We Know Things.com. Go over to Facebook.com slash We Podcast and We Know Things. Like us there. Follow us on Instagram at We Podcast and We Know Things and on Twitter at We Pod and We Know. Sam, closing thoughts please everyone go see suicide squad don't listen to the critics support movies don't download it you know let them make the money so we could see more of these films go check it out i'm in a complete agreement with there i would say um my final thought would be check those out go watch stranger things go watch the night of go watch vice principles do yourself that favor We will bring you episode three next weekend. Maybe another surprise there, too, on the time frame that comes out. But more to drop later in the week for that. Thank you, guys, everybody, for listening. Yet again, we have been We Podcast and We Know Things. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. See you next week. 